We're going to kind of bring it more into some practicals, if we could, uh, today. I think we've been talking a lot about um, the internal kind of, you know, our own church and how we can better love one another before we even kind of attempt or kind of dream or kind of being more intentional about loving our neighbors. I mean, we got to, you know, you, you, if you're not good at loving, uh, you know, the people you're around every Sunday, you're probably, uh, chances are you're not going to be all that great at it when it comes to going and, and loving your neighbor, right? And, and we know our neighbors are like, you know, our colleagues, co-workers. Uh, uh, some of us have neighbors, I do, and I'm still learning to love him, uh, but that's another story for another day. Uh, if you would, uh, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. This is going to be 26 verses. I hope you're ready. Um, we're going to read a lot of scripture uh, this morning, and, and we're going to uh, let this kind of conversation between Jesus and, and this Samaritan woman kind of frame our discussion today, if we can. Because uh, I think in this discussion, there's a lot of practical things that we can uh, pick up and adapt in our um, attempts to be more loving uh, to, I think it would be appropriate to say, strangers. You know, that's... I mean, it's, it's one thing to love your wife and to love your, you know, your children and love your best friends, but what about total strangers? Well, we see Jesus do just that in the text. And um, <clears throat> if there's four things that I could kind of leave with you today, the things that I hope uh, to get across and communicate this morning, it would be this. And if you're taking notes, hey, I, I, you know, this might be a good time to write some things down. Uh, but the big theme, the big idea of today's sermon is that I hope that after today, we would be more spirit-led, we would be more aware of the obvious, we would be prophetic, and we would use our testimony. Okay, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to actually loving our neighbors, loving coworkers, colleagues, you know, and, and, and such, that we would, one, be led by the Spirit, that's important, right? Be aware of the obvious, be prophetic and use our testimony. I believe that these four tools are here in the text that we're about to read, and I think that they're going to be very helpful for us as we become more intentional about loving our neighbor, right? Because at some point, this has to go beyond just a nice little message on Sunday morning, and like Amy said, we have to be intentional, right, about getting out there and actually doing the work of loving people like Christ loves us. Amen? You tracking? Okay, you happy today? Do me a favor, tell your face that, because I'm scared, all right? Just say face, smile in the name of Jesus. There, I see some pearly whites. That's good. It's okay to smile in church. All right, we're, we're not Baptists. I love Baptists, but we like to smile. We like to have fun. We like to laugh. We like to say amen. We like to clap and, and be rowdy, okay? So um, let's wake up and let's get into the word today. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, we read this. It says that now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had passed through Samaria near the field of Jacob, and, uh, sorry, and near the field of Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was at the sixth hour of the day, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. I love that, you know. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Have you gave us this well to drink? Who gave us this well to drink from it himself as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, hmm, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here and draw water. Jesus said to her, go and call your husband to come here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one that you are with now is not your husband. Wow, Jesus making it real right there. <laughs> Total stranger. Good Lord. Uh, uh, what, have you, what, what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I am him who speaks to you now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this short little story, these 26 verses that really speak so much to us. Um, and, and Lord, I ask God for this Sunday, uh, they, they would give life and speak into the topic in, in, in a complimentary way, God, where our hearts are, um, our hearts come alive, Lord, in a sense, Lord, where we could see ourselves as Jesus in this text, uh, going out, Lord, to the people uh, like our neighbors and, and our colleagues and our coworkers, Lord, and, 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 and we could see ourselves bringing um, the gospel of Jesus Christ to people being that we're led by the Spirit, we're acknowledging the obvious, we're prophetic as Jesus is, and we use our testimony as later we'll read, the woman does. Father, will you help us today? Will you change us and transform our hearts into the image of your Son? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, point one, faithful to the big ideas of this sermon is that... Um, we want to be led by the Spirit, okay? Um, in, in our efforts to bring the good news to people, like we, we can't just do it because we want to. There has to be something of the Spirit, you know, that's at work in us where we're uh, uh, feeling led to do it. 
and not just driven or striving, if that makes sense. And here it is in the text that we read. Um, Jesus was led. Uh, John opens the story by saying that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Uh, um, this was the direct route, although it was avoided by the Jewish people because they wanted no dealings with the Samaritans people. So it would make more sense to just go a long route rather than a short one. And so Jesus is intentional. There's something where Christ is compelled uh, and, and is being led by the Spirit to do such. It's kind of like after he was baptized, right? If you're familiar with the story after Jesus' baptism, the Bible says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, right? Or, or, or you, could, you could kind of view it this way, uh, where Jesus said he did nothing Unless the father told him to do it, he would say nothing unless the father told him to say it. And, and so this is another moment where, where in the text, in the gospel of John, Jesus is being led by the spirit. He's on mission, right? I mean, there's hatred and distrust between the Israelites and Samaritans. And, and, and needless to say, it's not the point of the, today's sermon, but, but these two groups do not get along. So it would make no sense for Jesus at this point to take this route and, and even more so stop at a well where he's most likely going to run into a Samaritan person where they commonly go to get water. So Jesus is being led. He had to pass through Samaria. He's compelled by the Spirit. Jesus is on mission. Um, this is more than just John trying to detail some specific route that Jesus took. This is him highlighting that Jesus is being led. He is being compelled by the Spirit to go through Samaria. Is that making sense? You're tracking with me. In our efforts to be missional and evangelistic, right, we must not forget in all of those desires and all of that aspiration to be spirit-led. You ever meet folks that try to love and try to share the gospel but yet have no love? It's almost, they, 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 there's no kind of leadership. Have you ever seen those guys? God bless them, I love them. But they're out there with the, the big boards of like hell, you know, on flame and people just falling into it. Like I'm like, certainly there has to be a better strategy to reach people. Now, I would probably um, bet on the fact that there's not a lot of leading going on there. Uh, a, a kind of leading of the Holy Spirit would be my conclusion on why that happens. We must not be that people. The Bible says that the people of God are led by the Spirit of God. This is Romans 8, 14. Just to read this into record, here's Paul the Apostle. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So be led by the Spirit. Now, number two is be aware of the obvious. Be aware of the obvious. So we talked a little bit about being led by the Spirit. Now we're going to talk about be aware of the obvious. Here it is in John 4, 5 through 7. We read this. So he came, Jesus came to the town of Samaria near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour of the day, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said what? Give me a drink. Right? Now I just want to, I want to paint a little picture for you right now. Okay, if I can. 
Jesus knows everything about this woman. Okay, we, we got into it in the text. He, he's, he, he's got the deep, dark secrets of this woman's private life, you know, in his heart. He, 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 the Lord has spoken to him, but yet the conversation that will change this Samaritan woman's life starts off with Jesus asking for a drink. That's pretty remarkable, if you ask me. Give me a drink is what Jesus leads with. The conversation starts with the Messiah asking for water because he's weary. Uh, I don't know how many of us have had the luxury of kind of jumping into uh, various evangelistic efforts led by the church and different paraministries, but some of them are straight up weird, okay? They're just weird, and I believe what we see here in the Messiah is somewhat of some tact where, where he's acknowledging some of the uh, obvious aspects of his day, like a long five-day journey through Samaria. He's tired. He's near a well. The most logical thing to do to start a conversation with a Samaritan to Jesus is, give me a drink. Now, I had the luxury of being part of uh, an awesome outreach that we did not too long ago here. Um, and I just little little backstory. Um, we had, as a church, kind of focused in for I, I don't know how long it was. I don't even want to um, try to imagine because I can't remember. But for a good long while, we were going onto the campus of MIT and, and just believing God that He would use us to connect with certain people there, share our faith, share the gospel, whatever. We just believed that. That was the campus that we should focus on, and we, we went there, and it was a good while that we kind of set up shop, and I think every Thursday it was, or it started off, and then it went to every other Thursday, and I, I remember being a, a part of a couple of these outreaches, and um, I, I, I actually happened to be teamed up with a leader my first night that was leading the outreaches, and, and it, was a, it was a glorious time. We went out, and you know, it was kind of like, I don't know if anybody here is familiar with what they call treasure hunting. Honestly, I don't really get the full picture of it all because I believe everybody is a treasure. Uh, I don't think God, and my personal experience, is highlighting a specific person. I think he's just highlighting everyone. You know, that, that's a treasure. That could be a son. That could be a daughter kind of thing. But anyways, we went out and kind of just was led by the Spirit. Hey, Lord, who are you highlighting? Where, where, where should we go? And, and who should we talk to? And who should we connect with? And in the beginning of this outreach, I remember like five or six just awkward kind of, you know, you know what I'm talking about if you've, if you've been involved with outreach. And I, hey, listen, I'm all about the awkward. I mean, hey, when you go into a godless city and you start sharing your faith, you, you can guarantee some of the conversations, some of the happenings that go along with that are going to be straight up awkward. But here it is, like we as a church shouldn't add to that awkwardness. Like we, 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 should, be, we, we should be able to diffuse and kind of work within the tension of a, a godless city sharing our faith. Well, anyways, we had like five or six misses of just like people straight up walking us by. I'm sorry, yeah, walking us by, just like turning their head. No, nope, no, nope, don't want any part of that, you know, kind of. And so I, I just happened to see this dude walking his dog, and we had not just gotten a dog, but we we're kind of like new to the dog world at the time. And I was really like, you know, kind of... Um, taken by the dog world. I, I, I like really wanted to know a lot about my dog, the breed he was, how long he's going to live, what I should feed him. And I just happened to see another dog that looked just like ours. And, and so 
I mean, I don't know if it was the spirit or what it was, but after like five or six rejections, I just went to this guy and said, hey man, that is a cute dog. Got on my knee, started patting the dog, started loving the dog. What kind of breed is this? When'd you get it? How old is it? We just start having a conversation. Well, that conversation actually led to us praying for his bum knee. That actual conversation led to that man's salvation. But it started with, man, that's a cute dog. You may think I'm being a little bit over the top, but we, the church, we, the people of God, could use a little bit more tact when we go out to share our faith with non-believers. Okay, and here Jesus is. I just want to remind you, he knows everything about this woman's life. Everything. Now, I'm thinking, man, if that's me, I'm leaving with that. Like, if, if God gives me some knowledge like he gave Jesus... Uh, uh, you know, about the life of this Samaritan woman, I'm going and I'm going to say, you know what God spoke to me about your life? I'm going for it. Like, why doesn't it start off in verse 13, right? Like, why does it start with Jesus saying, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. That, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good pitch into a great conversation. Or, or how, why didn't Jesus just leave with everything that he knew? I mean, she would have been astonished right out the door. Like, oh my goodness, you're telling me everything about my life. It doesn't start there. It doesn't start there. It starts with give me a drink. And I think we as the church, as we move closer to sharing and being more intentional about reaching people with the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need not to be oblivious to the obvious. Right? Be aware. Somebody's walking a dog. I, I had a conversation with Andrew. He was telling me about an interaction that he had with a total stranger. And he just saw the stranger snapping some film. And he went up and said, hey, that's a nice camera. You know, I don't know where the conversation went, but that's how it started. I'm thinking, that's brilliant. So be aware of the obvious. Right. I love it what a good friend of ours, and he has spoken several times at this church, Doug Stringer has said, um, and I believe he said it at our 110 gathering, he said, people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. Let me say that again. People don't care how much you know until, you know until they know, excuse me, how much you care. Now you may be thinking, where is the care that Jesus displays in this conversation? Whoa, ho, ho, hold up. I mean, the, the simple fact that Jesus is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman is showing a lot of thoughtfulness. Uh, he is being friendly. I mean, he went through Samaria alone. That would have been in and of itself enough. But the fact that he sits at the well and has a dialogue with a woman whom is showing up to this well at the six-hour day, and there's a whole backstory behind why she's there at the six-hour day. She's pretty much an outcast already amongst her own people. But Jesus is showing tremendous care, tremendous thoughtfulness, and friendliness by just having a conversation with her. Let's read in John chapter 4, verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, right, this is, this is her being astonished, okay? How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, 
a woman from Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. This right here, I submit to you, Hilltop Church, is Jesus' thoughtfulness, his care, his friendliness, coming out and touching this woman's heart. And so I think it's there in the text for us. So things like cute dog, nice shoes. What kind of camera is that? Nice bike. They go a long way, friends. They go a long way. We don't, we don't just need to lead out with the prophetic, okay? Like, like we, can, we, can, we can get there, and we should, because we know that Jesus gets there, but he doesn't start there. And I think there's something to the sequence in which Jesus uh, connects with this woman that we, the church, need to pay attention to as we start to be more intentional in our efforts of reaching people with both the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So these are what I call good ways of starting good conversations, okay? Good conversations begin, I believe, with people who can observe the obvious and start them and hold those conversations together themselves. It just helps. So lastly, for all who are excited about it, we're going to get to the prophetic because that is certainly here and is certainly a part. Listen, I'm not devaluing the gift of prophecy. I'm not. You will never meet a person that is more pro-prophetic, pro-gifts of the Spirit than me. Maybe somebody else, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm there. Sign me up. Believe that these are the tools that Christ gives us for effective ministry in the earth. So I'm there. I'm there. And we see it here. So be prophetic. We, 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 we went over, be led by the Spirit. Uh, be aware of the obvious. And now we're going to go to point number three, be prophetic. Everybody okay? Yeah. All right. So we're getting into the practicals of, of how we go about just, just observing how Jesus lovingly reached this girl from Samaritan, Samaria. Uh, in John 4, 16 through 18, 19, we read this. Jesus said to her, go call your husband to come here. The woman said, or answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one you are now with is not your own. Ouch. Now, I don't recommend that, but if that's what the Lord, like, prompts you to kind of go, you just go at this point. You, you've bridged the gap in conversation, man. If the Lord's got something so, like, telling like this, go with it. But this is where the conversation takes a turn, right? And, 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 and as much as I'm kind of... Um, advocating for more tact in our approach of reaching lost people and starting conversations and bridging gaps between us in a fallen world. As much as I'm doing that, I, am, I in no way want to water down the why and how we need to be prophetic in our, our, our going out and being missional. The conversation doesn't just start with uh, doesn't just stop with give me a drink. They're not talking about the latest uh, uh, sports baseball team that won, uh, the, you know, I don't know the Middle East championship. I don't even know if they have one, but you, uh, but you know what I'm saying. And the conversation just doesn't stay down here. Jesus raises the bar and he starts really getting into her private life. This is crazy. Things start getting real personal. And what does she say? Sir, I, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> Duh. Prophecy leaves a mark on this woman's heart. 
the, the deed, you, you would think that this woman would recoil. And if it's me, I'm like, oh, that is awkward, dude. You're a stranger and you're talking about my infidelity. What's wrong with you? Like, like, like take me out to lunch first. It gets awkward, it, it, but yet the, the woman does not recoil. She does not get offended. Actually, the testimony that she goes back into her town uh, saying is, come see the man that told me all there is to know about me. So prophecy certainly left a deep mark and impression upon this woman's heart. Let's read John 4, 28 through 29. So, so much to the fact that the girl forgot her water. She, she forgot the, the very thing that she came there to get. In verse 28, she says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? You know, uh, both Jews and Samaritans believed that when the Messiah came, that he would be able to tell he would be able to uh, prophesy everything about their lives. There would be nothing hidden from him. And this is exactly what's happening in this exchange. And so she goes back into the city, into the town. And that's what she goes back proclaiming. Prophecy left its mark. And, and prophecy will leave its mark today. I've seen it more times than I, I can even remember you start getting prophetic. You start hearing God's heart for people. Man, that thing will leave a massive impact. An imprint on their hearts change them. She doesn't go back into the town, come see this friendly Jew who I met at Jacob's well. She doesn't say, come and see this man who answered my theological questions of like, your, your people, the Jews, say we should worship here. And we say we should. She's not impressed by any of that. What stands out to her what stands out to this woman the most is that Jesus told her everything about herself. Now, I'm going to bring this to a close. And I'm sorry for shouting. It's just kind of like part of my personality. I kind of preach like I sing way over the top, way dramatic. It's just part of my personality. I'm so sorry if it scares you. Um, but don't be scared. I'm really friendly. I have a, I have a son. I'm pretty sure he would speak highly of me. I don't know why I said I have a son. I just think like that should automatically let you know that I'm a good guy. I'm not like some weird, like angry, you know, person. Just put that little disclosure there for you. And this leads to the last point. And uh, because announcements were way long, I don't want to keep you any longer. But point number four is use your testimony. Now, this is what happens here. This is not an example that we abstract from Jesus and his encounter with the Samaritan. This is in the aftermath of what this Samaritan woman does after her encounter with Jesus. If, if you would turn, uh, if you're there in the Gospel of John, uh, uh, verse 39, after um, the woman goes back into town, it, it says this, as she's going in there declaring about this man who said everything about her, everything uh, that nobody else would ever know. No stranger um, would ever know. In verse 39, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. Interesting. And the testimony was this. He told me all that I ever did. You know, we, we can never really underestimate. I think sometimes we, we forget, but we need to kind of remind ourselves again of the power 
that's in our testimony. You know, each of you have a story, right? We, we are all kind of like the result of like one day, like Jesus. I don't know if maybe, maybe you just kind of grew up and it was like, you know, you're two years old, sucking your thumb. Jesus, Jesus, you're, you know, you're worshiping in the front row. But all of us have like some kind of story of brokenness where God kind of reached into our darkness and brought us into the light, right? And, and so we should never like under... Don't, those stories are kisses from God when it comes to like sharing our faith with others. Because, you know, unbeknownst to us, you know, there are more people who feel like their lives are entrenched in darkness and, and, and to hear somebody, hey, say to them, I was once there. And you know what? God snatched me out of it. Right? That's life, that is power, that is hope, because surely what God did for you, he wants to do for others. Come on. So use your testimony. Never underestimate the power of your testimony. What God did for you, again, he wants to do for the many. And so, wrapping this up, because we still have communion, God bless my soul, yes. Very practical. I'm sure for you, this was nothing like, oh, that's so heavy, Daryl. Thank you for getting into the scripture. I mean, these are just friendly reminders, right, of some things that we forget, right? And so if I do nothing more than just remind you of some, some precious truths of how we should handle and how we should go about sharing our faith, then I, I, I'm good with that. So little recap, be led by the Spirit, right? Right? Be led by the Spirit. We, we, it's not enough just to be fired up about going and sharing our faith, right? Like, oh, let me, let me go share with this guy. Oh, this girl over here. Oh, no. No, be led. I feel as though God is leading me, drawing me to connect with that person. Be aware of the obvious. Play your cards right. Don't always lead with the super spiritual jargon. Like, like get in to what's going on, be aware of what's happening around you and see if that might help you make connections with non-believers. And then, you know, of course, be prophetic. Trust that the Spirit of God wants to speak through you, right? First he wants to speak to you, then he wants to speak to, through you to that person. And then, of course, always, always use your testimony. The things in which God did for you. You see, that's why Lily's up here declaring what God did because we want to believe ourselves that if God did that for Lily and her friends, that God will do that for me. See, we all have stories of which we need God to break through and surely there are thousands, millions of people out there who need the same breakthrough that we've experienced. And so use your testimony. Be led by the Spirit. Be aware of the obvious. Be prophetic and use your testimony. And of course, we're going to get more into the details during level up, leveling up. And so this is just a starting place. Uh, we believe that God is moving us as a church um, out of the comfort of these four walls and, and into that city. You know, uh, like we, we love church. We love that we get to come and, and, and declare and proclaim the good news, news and, and good name of Jesus. But we also believe that Christ has called us to be missional. And, and that's where we are hoping that within the next few weeks that Jesus, by his grace and the spirit's power is going to lead us in to those things. So 
how we're going to close off this morning as we are going to take communion. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. So I'm going to invite my good friend, Kalen Bella. He's going to lead us in taking the elements. Yeah, you can. You can. It's a good man right there.